to the 15 to the 10. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. The legend continues. Chandler Jones, one of the most underrated players in football. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20 at the 10. Touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Well, for the first time since 2015, we can say this about your Arizona Cardinals. One and oh. After week one, as we say good morning here on a Tuesday, 11 to noon. Mark it down on your calendar all season long, all year long, talking all things Cardinals. And right now, talking about a win, not just any win, though, B-Train. This was a road win. This was a division win. This was a conference win against a very good San Francisco 49ers club, 24-20 to the final. For you, B-Train, as a player, what stood out? The thing that stood out to me is, one, you have Kyler Murray has found a new best friend in DeAndre Hopkins. That's one. Two, I think the defense stood up when they needed to stand up the most, which was in that fourth quarter and, and with that uh, that last drive doing what they needed to do in order to uh, contain uh, Jimmy G and that offense. It, it, was, it was an impressive win all the way around, and the fact that they were almost on the ropes at the beginning of the game, but then you get the block punt to, to get everything back to normal. Uh, I, I just thought this team showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart. And one thing you failed to mention, on top of division and on top of conference, you're talking about a, a win against the defending NFC champions. That is what's most impressive, and the fact that it's done on the road, uh, that is a great, great win for this young football team. Yeah, a lot to like on Sunday, and we'll get into Murray's new best friend. But for you, MJ, as you look – because there was so much to like, where do your eyes go as far as what stood out on this first win of 2020? Because we've been talking about all offseason, on paper, now finally on the grass. Well, besides the league's hottest quarterback-wide receiver combo, right now it's got to be the hottest, right? Um, defensively, you know, we thought going in they're going to have you know three to four new starters, have good rotation at the inside linebacker spot. And we thought the offense was much further along. They trailed 10 nothing, but as B-Train pointed out, they made plays in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Cliff alluded to this uh, after the game. He said maybe last year they would have lost that football game. So I think when they take the field now, they're expecting to win. Maybe last year was they were hoping to keep it close to the fourth quarter. But that's a quality win against a quality opponent. It's only one game. And I think it's easier to correct the mistakes when you win versus when you lose. Yeah, certainly beats the alternative. Before we get into Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, that relationship, let's take you inside the Cardinals locker room. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury exclusively on azcardinals.com, giving the game ball to two outs, number 10. We faced adversity as big as you can face. Y'all kept going. All right, that's a hell of a job finding a way to win. We built something today. Right? And we got to keep building each week. Because to come out, y'all felt how sloppy it was. Y'all felt how tired we are. Now we just get better and better. But couldn't be more proud of the effort and guys sticking together. I want to give a game ball to a new member of our team. Have 14 catches, 152 yards. <laughs> From the moment I walked in this building, man, I felt something special about this team. I promise you. 
I know we got what it takes to get what we want, but it's one day at a time. Let's keep working. By the way, for those who have not seen the video, I strongly encourage you to check it out on azcardinals.com and the Cardinals social media platforms because we talk about Hopkins' hands, MJ. He had great hands in the locker room because for a minute there, I thought he was going to drop the football, but he was able to get it, had had it kind of corralled in the back of his head, but uh, certainly a great first impression for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And, and, and you watch him from afar and you know how talented he was and you know, the Cardinals needed a number one wide receiver, and they went out and made the trade. And, you know, I was watching the game on Thursday night, and Chris Collins, was, after David Johnson had a really good first half, he said, well, people are going to be breaking down the trade. No, Mr. Collinsworth, I think the Cardinals definitely got the advantage there. And you can just see how he's well-liked in the locker room. You know, obviously he's embracing the organization. He's embracing the Valley. So a win-win situation, and he recently got a contract extension. Yeah, and showed up. On Sunday, after getting paid, targeted 16 times B-Train, caught 14 of those pass attempts for 151 yards, did not score, came close, but certainly that relationship, I mean, I don't think we can sit here and expect 14 catches week in and week out, but it was certainly something that the Cardinals exploited because the 49ers, let's, let's put it honestly, they didn't make any adjustments. No, they didn't make any adjustments, and I think you always take what the defense gives you, and, and this was a very good defense, so I was really surprised at how much they gave the Arizona Cardinals from an offensive standpoint, but you don't know what to expect. This was one of those off-seasons where you didn't have a chance to really lock in on DeAndre. You hadn't seen him on film with this offense, so they weren't quite sure how they were going to use DeAndre, where they're going to try to use him as a decoy, where they're going to focus on him. Uh, it, it just seemed as if they were playing from behind and playing catch-up all game long, and that was to the Cardinals' liking and to their to their strength, and, and they took full advantage, and, and that's what you do. When you have a shiny new toy, you, you play with it the most, and, and, and you, you see what you got, and uh, I don't think there will be any buyer's remorse anytime soon coming from the Valley. Yeah, right out of the gate, the first offensive play, Kyler Murray throwing a three-yard pass to DeAndre Hopkins, and they just kept going to it, time in and time out. In fact, after the ball game, that's all anyone wanted to talk about. Hopkins on his number getting called so often in his first game. I knew, uh, you know, probably early in the game that there were going to be some things that we were going to have to fight through, but Kyler kept giving me the ball, kept feeding me, and we kept making plays. No one panicked. Cliff kept giving me the ball, kept calling my number. But Kyler, for sure, I knew that once we got going, then things would start heating up. You know, the difference really was because Richard Sherman plays sides, the Cardinals had, you know, Hopkins line up on the left side. And, you know, obviously there's times are going to be bunches. Um, but, you know, the fact that Richard Sherman, who obviously is, is still playing at a high level, has a ton of interceptions, he, he didn't reach the end zone. But that 33-yard catch and run, where he got to the one-foot line, what a great call there. They kind of ran a mesh. Um, Larry was able to take out a guy, you know, from that standpoint. But, uh, you know, Kingsbury admitted maybe in the early part of the game, you know, they, they ran a lot of uh, pass uh, plays. Uh, we know this team wants to run the football, and at the end of the day, they obviously were able to run it. But um, the fact that, you know, he's, the, the yards after catch, 
And it's not like they, they took some shots in the second half. I think fans were a little curious in the first half. Why were they dinking and dunking? And, and basically they were saying, hey, we're not going to let the deep ball get past us. Well, that 33-yard catch and run might have been the easiest catch for Hopkins because he was left wide open. The 14 catches, a career high for Hopkins and the most in franchise history in a season opener tied for the second highest single game total in franchise history and as they say B-Train if it's not broke don't fix it and until defenses show that they're going to concentrate on Hopkins I think you're going to see Kyler Murray look his direction a lot next week. Without question and I, I know for sure the Cardinals next opponent will be focused in on number 10. They will know where he is at all times because you just saw him basically take apart a secondary that a lot of people thought was one of the better secondaries uh, in the National Football League, and, and with that defense as a whole, uh, one of the better defenses. So the fact that they were able to have success in the way that they have success, it, I think you, you go forward now, uh, if you're Washington, you, you definitely are like, oh, okay, uh, we, we know that he's not just going to be a decoy. They, they plan on uh, really showcasing him, so we're, we're going to roll coverage to where he is and, and find out where he is at all times and, and, and really try to find a way to slow him down. You're never going to totally stop a DeAndre Hopkins, but you, you can try to uh, slow him down through coverage, through scheme, through physicality, all those different things. But he's shown over his career many people have tried and many people have failed. He caught seven passes in the first half, seven more in the second half. There was one that looked to be a miscommunication in which Hopkins kept running and the ball was thrown behind him. But outside of that, these two were on the same page. Kyler Murray on what he hopes he and Hopkins can accomplish not only this season but long term. I think we can be great. Um, you know, I, I know we both have aspirations of being the best to do it. Um, you know, so that's that's where I hope to take this thing. You know, there's there's no. Um, we don't step into the building every day and try to, you know, get worse. We try to be the best that we can be. You know, I'm glad that he's on our team. Now, if you look at the numbers as far as pass receiving, MJ, with Hopkins taking so much of the attention, that left little for everyone else. Larry Fitzgerald, only four catches. Chase Edmonds had three. Dan Arnold, two. Kenyon Drake, two. And Christian Kirk with one, though he was targeted five times. You have now... And what we've talked about, a number of weapons on this offense that if a team is going to try to take something away, that's going to leave something open. And you would think that teams would try to take away Hopkins. That wasn't the case in week one. But moving forward, if that becomes the focus, then I think fans will get excited that Fitz is going to start getting his number called and Christian Kirk won't be held to just one catch for no yards. Well, I mean, you got to think uh, Kyler Murray ran the ball 11 times. You would think if you just cut that in half, that's possibly five more passing attempts. But, again, he was not going to force things. There were openings for him, and he was able to extend plays. And, unfortunately, the first couple of possessions, they went three and out um, as they were behind the sticks. you got to avoid the three uh, third and longs. They were much better in the red zone. They were much better on third down efficiency. So those are pluses. Um, but, again, you start looking at the running game and how many times they ran the football. Um, they're going to win whatever whatever it takes. You like to have balance. You know, sometimes it's going to be 60-40. But if you take away some of those 11 runs, that could be passes. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, if teams want to, you know, put a safety over the top and they want to go underneath, he, he's crafty enough and savvy enough that he'll find the sticks. Christian Kurt, they try to throw the ball down the field to him a couple times. Um, but, again, this team is not just going to uh, dink and dunk. Once you, want, once you face a seven, eight-man box – 
they're going to st- extend it down the field. The Cardinals in the first half, they were looking at a lot of six-man boxes, in other words, six defensive players, and that's going to lead to play action, uh, the zone read, and they actually ran the wishbone offense. The offense pretty balanced, 230 yards passing, 180 yards rushing. Hopkins, after the ball game, noticed how well this team was clicking after a little bit of a slow start. It's hard to stop this team once we get going. We practice the way we play, fast tempo, everyone's in shape, and we knew coming out, once we started clicking, and it would be hard to stop us. We, we saw some things on film that we could take advantage of. You know, you got to give a lot of credit to Cliff for, for calling it at the right moment, those big plays. It did not look good early, B-Train. In fact, the first nine plays were all through the air. The first time Kenyon Drake or any running back touched the football was the 10th play of the ball game. Kingsbury, though, admitted after the ball game that he was a little bit rusty, and I think maybe all this nine-month time and talking about what the excitement level is for this team in week one, uh, it can sometimes get into your head. Well, our question, it can get in your head, and when you haven't done it for a while and you haven't had the practice rest like you do with preseason games in years past, yeah, there, there's going to be that, that adjustment period and, and uh, time to, to figure out and, and get your bearings. And, and uh, look, you don't expect perfection, but you expect progress. And I thought that's what we saw throughout the course of that game. We saw progress from a team, from a coach, from a quarterback, from a receiver, core, from running backs, O-line, D-line. The entire team, we saw this team progressively get better as the game went on, and, and I think that's a recipe for a recipe for success. And think about this. You think about Coach Kingsbury in his second year. I go back to 2008. Uh, there was a coach in his second year, and, and there wasn't a whole lot expected of them, but they were able to get an opening season game in San Francisco, and things kind of turned out pretty well for this organization so I'm I'm just going to throw that out there I'll just keep that in the mix all season long and we'll see what happens well at the risk of outing your beach and I'll just tell Cardinal fans to google 2008 and then go from there if you're not exactly sure what B-Train is referring to but uh, let's hope history repeats itself here in 2020 one quick news item with regard to the offense we did see Chris Streveler active and Brett Hundley inactive that uh, was by design, and according to Kingsbury on Monday, Streveler is going to be the backup quarterback for the foreseeable future. Quote, we just feel like Strev gives us an edge, end quote. It's not that anything Brett Hundley did right or wrong, but certainly they like that versatility of Chris Streveler as the backup, and we did see him on the field twice, one on special teams and then one on that quarterback sneak. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Well, we touched on the run game. We'll get into that more because we saw a lot more of Kyler Murray running the football, maybe more than we all anticipated. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and nine, the 23 of San Francisco. Shotgun formation, snap to Murray, in trouble, steps up and runs to his right of the 20. Cuts back to the left of the 10. Breaks a tackle to the five. Running right for the end zone, touchdown. Kyler Murray with a touchdown run. Arizona has the lead in San Francisco, 16 to 13, with 10.26 to go. If you're going to go after him, you better get him. If you get picked up, like the 49ers were picked up, that's what you're going to see. Great run by Kyler Murray. 
He did it time in and time again against the 49ers on Sunday. 11 rushing attempts. The official stat sheet shows 13, but don't forget the two kneel downs at the end of the ball game, which negated nine yards. So instead of finishing with 100, he only finished with 91. But, uh, hey, a win is a win. 24-20 the final in San Francisco as the Cardinals are 1-0. and And we talk about it here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Craig Rayolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry, and certainly impressive. We had talked about Kyler Murray's running ability and how much we might see him run throughout the offseason, MJ. And I think sometimes you take what the defense gives you, and that might have been the case against the 49ers, but 11 rushing attempts, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and there were five quarterbacks, ready for this, that led their team in rushing, and all five won. And that would have been uh, Murray, Newton, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson now. Obviously, that's not going to continue throughout the season. You know, listen, there's a reason why you look at him, he's a dual threat. And besides Lamar Jackson, there's Kyler Murray, and then there's dual quarterbacks because this guy looks like a wide receiver. He's got a 4-3 speed out there. Uh, You know, you can have a mobile quarterback, but he's different. I mean, and it shows he's able to find little pockets in the defense. He runs out of bounds. Again, between him and Lamar Jackson, you, you can give me Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. They're not even close to how fast Murray is. Ten rushing attempts for 81 yards in the second half alone. B-Train, you surprised by how much Murray took off? No, I'm not really surprised because, again, as we talked about in the first segment, you just take what the defense gives you. and They were willing to give him room to run, and he was really just trying to keep the sticks moving. And in the first game, you just do what you need to do in order to get the win. And really, that's the formula for every game. But when there's so much unknown about what each other is going to do to try to attack the other one, even though these are division opponents, you, you still have to have that, that mentality of, okay, if they're going to force me to run the football, I'm going to run, but I'm going to run uh, with, with, with caution in mind. I'm not going to put myself in harm's way. I'm not going to do anything to, to get myself uh, hurt seriously or, or – or, uh, in position to take a big shot, so I thought he ran. Uh, I thought he ran it uh, smart uh, this this game, and, and I thought he did a lot of things uh, that the San Francisco 49ers just were not ready for, which is kind of surprising. But at the same time, look, it it is what it is. Kyler is a tremendous athlete, and if you give him opportunities, he's going to take it, and and it worked out in our favor this week. The 91 rushing yards, the fourth best single game total in franchise history by a quarterback. Let's hear from the quarterback, Kyler Murray, on why he was able to run so much. The opportunities just, just um, kind of came. Um, you know, when I have an opportunity to take off, uh, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, you know, I can't really control. Uh, you know, I just take what they give me. Um, and I, if I have a lane to get out, you know, it, it happens. I think I saw one design run MJ maybe there was a second or third but there weren't many to the point as Murray just made that you're dropping back you're looking at the defense and if the if the offense spreads the defense out then there's a huge hole up the middle and that's exactly what you take yeah and during the week uh, last week you know Bosa said they went back and watched a ton of film and they they kind of figured out the way he likes to run uh, Nick Bosa is still waiting to get his first sack against the Arizona Cardinals in three games. He's going to be a great player. But it looked like Kyler was staying more in the pocket. I mean, I think last year, um, you know, obviously I think the game slowed down for him. So sometimes you go through your first progression and you improvise. I think he was able to sit in the pocket a little bit more, obviously roll out. 
And if guys recovered, he's not going to force it. So he, he's able to find little uh, seams and, you know, pockets. So, hey, like Bertrand said, is that what they're, if teams are going to play six in the box, you can run the ball or you can obviously have him in the zone reader RPOs where you've got three different options. Now, typically, B-Train, you don't like to see your quarterback run that much. But Murray does a very good job of avoiding contact. He'll either consider himself down or run out of bounds, and that's one of those areas that that's hard to teach. That's just something that he has a natural instinct for, and it might serve him well down the line to where he can survive running that much. Without question, one, he's the franchise quarterback, and every time he takes off, the entire franchise holds their breath collectively because we they all know that the success of this team is going to rest on his feet and his arm and his mind. So they want to make sure that he is in position to be on the field as many times as that offense is on the field. And, and the fact that he's making business decisions out there, we, we, we use that term a lot, but I think for Kyler – it really applies because he understands how important he is to this team. And he understands that he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's a tough guy, but he's not the biggest guy. And so if he's going to take a a full-on shot, that's probably not going to be in his best interest and the team's best interest. So uh, you see him running in in a way that he's not going to lend himself to that big hit. And I, I think that's the smart approach. And as long as he takes that and and however many times he chooses to run the ball, I think we'll be okay as long as we're moving those sticks down the field. I mean, he's just different as a runner. I mean, you look around the league and people are going to compare him to Russell Wilson, the way Russell Wilson played early in his career, probably does the same. And then, you know, Steve Young, he just runs different. And I do think his baseball background has a lot to do with it. He can slide. And to that point, Daniel Jeremiah – on the NFL Network tweeted this out after watching the film talking about Kyler Murray. He slid or went out of bounds or scored on 12 of the 13 runs. He was only tackled one time. According to Jeremiah, quote, talking about Kyler Murray, he's mastered the ability to protect himself on the move. It's teachable tape for athletic quarterbacks. End of tweet. More on that subject. It was part of a discussion on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network. Peter Strager bringing up Murray's ability to protect himself. Kyler had 12 runs on Sunday. Do you know how many times he was actually hit, tackled? Once. Meaning he got out of bounds or he slid and he avoided Mm -hmm. contact. That's an art. That is something that you can do over time. That is not just picked up. That means that he has been fully trained and has been practicing a way to avoid contact, get out of bounds, get down, and try to avoid getting hit. If Kyler goes unscathed and can still run the ball 12 times with Cliff calling the shots and DeAndre Hopkins having 14 catches, huge deal, not just for Kyler Murray, but for the entire NFL this season. And we saw that last year, MJ, that he would be able to give himself up, if you will, to avoid the big hit. He was sacked twice on Sunday, though one of those, he ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, which goes as a sack. So, really, he was not touched a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, and and when he gets that big hit, the thing is, though, he's so much in the shotgun. um, You know, obviously, you know, the other team gets paid, so if somebody comes off the edge on the blind side, um, it, I mean, it's possible. It's the NFL. But the way he's just able to get out of, you know, either shuffling right or left, he's not going to take the big hit. It only takes one big hit, though. But he definitely protects his body. And I think there's a reason why 
he had a little bulk in the upper in the offseason in his upper body. Overall, this Cardinals offense rushed for 180 yards. They averaged five yards a carry. They had a better running game, B-Train, than the 49ers, and the 49ers a year ago had the second-best rushing offense. Beat them at their own game, and, and when you are familiar with your opponent, you find ways to, to use their, their strengths against them. And when you talk about running the football and controlling the time of possession, Jimmy G and that offense didn't have a lot of opportunities throughout the course of that game. Now, granted, George Kittle's going down uh, in that first half. That was a tremendous blow on him not getting any receptions in the second half. But from what the Cardinals were able to do, establishing the run and, and playing solid defense, that was the San Francisco 49ers recipe for success in getting all the way to the Super Bowl last year. And so uh, anytime that you can use that strategy uh, strategy against the team that that they use as, as their bread and butter, then I think that's going to definitely be a plus in to go into their house and get that win on game on day one. I think that was huge for this for this team. Only the Patriots had a better rushing offense than the Cardinals. New England two hundred and seventeen yards on the ground. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury talking about the run game and being balanced, but also giving some praise where praise is due, and that's the offensive line. We want to be a balanced attack. We feel like we have dynamic backs. We have dynamic receivers. Kyler's dynamic in himself. So we, we want to be able to run it and, and throw it. And um, our offensive line did a tremendous job. Same deal. I mean, that is a great front for the most part. Kept us clean. Took a couple sacks. Probably could have avoided. But um, those guys battled. Now, this offensive line could, I say could, look different coming up this Sunday against Washington. Mason Cole left Sunday's game early in the third quarter with a hamstring injury. Kingsbury did not have an update when he met the media on Monday. Lamont Gilliard filled in and played very well, MJ. So if the Cardinals have to make a change, at least Gilliard has gotten some experience under his belt ahead of now perhaps getting his first ever NFL start. Yeah, you know, in the uh, you know the open portion of practice, you know, when they're doing some of the drills, he was the backup center. I think Max Garcia is a guy that he's active on game day. He's your interior um, backup guy. But Gilliard, he didn't get a chance to play last year. Um, but you could see, you know, playing at Georgia, he, was, he played in a, a great conference, a lot of defense alignment that come out of that conference. So, you know, obviously you'd like to have experience in there. I'm sure he'll get a little help on the line calls, but I, I didn't see the difference between when Cole was in there or Gilliard, and, you know, obviously you got Justin Murray if something happens with Hump. Um, again, we'll just have to wait for the injury report to come out on Wednesday. Yeah, Humphrey just left that game for one snap, Correct. and we saw some shuffling, but knock on wood, D.J. Humphrey should be good to go this week at left tackle. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report. A lot of offensive talk. B-Train's been waiting to talk about the defense. We'll do that in the second half. Some huge plays by the defense, and at least for me, the real story of week one, despite what Hopkins and Murray were able to do. Cardinals 1-0. They beat the 49ers. Up next, Washington. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. They will snap it from the 36. Wisnowski stands at his 22-yard line, and the punt is blocked. 
It was blocked by Ezekiel Turner, recovered by Gardeck, who gets up and runs at the 15, and he's tackled at the 10. Fourth and five for the Niners on the 16 of the Cardinals. Garoppolo to pass. Throws to the right side. Incomplete. Murphy steps in front of the receiver and knocks the ball down. The Cardinals take over on downs with 33 seconds to go, leading San Francisco 24 to 20. Byron Murphy makes a play on the pig. Great special teams and some great defensive plays in this contest, helping the Cardinals beat the 49ers in San Francisco 24-20. As we welcome you to the second half of the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And all right, B-Train, we've waited this long. The defense, let me hear it. What did you like from that side? I love the fact that they were able to get after Jimmy G. He was never able to get comfortable in the pocket. Uh, we saw Chandler Jones, Chandler Jonesing, doing what he does, and I saw young guys on that defensive line stepping up, making plays, really making it uncomfortable for uh, the, the running game and the passing game. They were never able to get into rhythm, and, and you saw that secondary really come up big when they needed to. It was it was a beautiful thing to see, and to be led by that defense, they kept them in, and then, of course, uh, as as we heard with that sound, the special teams, I, I consider that an extension of the defense. And, and for them to get that, that block punt to after a, a good uh, defensive stands, uh, that, 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 was, that, that was a beautiful thing. And, and when you're on the road, you got to bring your defense and you got to bring your special teams. And I thought both sides of the ball really showed up in a big way uh, this past Sunday. Be honest with me, B-Train. The first sack of the 2020 Cardinals season – I'm guessing you did not have Angela Blackson in your pool. No, I didn't have Angela. Black- I didn't have Mr. Blackson. But uh, you know, the fact that we got it and uh, it was a big play, we needed it at the time. It, it really doesn't matter. And and the fact that uh, it, it just shows the, the the depth of this defensive line and, and the fact that you can plug in guys that can come in and 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 make plays and 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 be an integral part of what this defense is trying to do. Look. You win and you lose collectively, and it's going to be just Chandler Jones. It's not going to be just Patrick Peterson. It's not going to be just Buda Baker. It's going to be all 11 guys on the field doing their job uh, to get those sacks or to make big plays to help this team win. Blackson signed a week ago today, five days later on Sunday, two tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits, the fourth full sack of his career and one of three that the Cardinals had against Jimmy Garoppolo. But, of course, that doesn't matter if what happens at the end of the season, the sequence of the past breakups do not occur. Patrick Peterson and, of course, two from Byron Murphy, none bigger than that fourth and five, getting into the uh, passing lane of Trent Taylor and knocking that ball loose. Yeah, I mean, that was fantastic. I mean, three consecutive batted balls uh, at the end of the game, and starting with Patrick Peterson, the ball hit him in the helmet. And then Byron Murphy, when he went through last year being targeted, you could, set, you could tell he uh, really – uh, hit the weight room in the offseason and just the mental reps he went through last year. He's going to be a much better football player, and it was nice to see him have some success um, on those back-to-back plays. And, you know, if you look at the San Francisco receivers, they managed four catches for 41 yards on 11 targets. Now, obviously, you know, George Kittle had four receptions in the in the first half. He was uh, shut out in the second half. I don't know if he was a decoy, but the Cardinals did a good job. Now, Clarence, um, granted, they didn't have their two top receivers, but – that's on them. 
Um, but I thought the Cardinals' defense um, really were the story of this game. Well, let's hear from Byron Murphy, the local product out of Saguaro High School, on that game-sealing pass breakup. Last play, I just knew it was going to be a passing down. So once we got the call, you just had to lock into your keys. Everyone on, like I said, everyone on the defense had to play their leverage, and the ball came and just made a play. So it was just exciting to be able to make that play when the ball came. If you remember last year, the second meeting against the 49ers, MJ, also at Levi Stadium, the Cardinals' defense unable to get an end-of-game stop and ultimately lost. As Kyler Murray pointed out, he kind of felt like deja vu all over again, but this time the defense did get that stop. Well, and, and, and again, the mindset's a little bit different, and they have better personnel. I mean, the fact that Drake or Patrick only played 30 snaps, and so Murphy – you know, his natural position is playing in the slot. Um, you know, obviously, Kirkpatrick's got to get in a football condition, but he definitely provides size and, and, and length over there. Um, yeah, it's, it. you know, the fact is that, you know, when, when Murphy's going to be targeted, he's a guy that's kind of, I'm sure he was relieved after the game because he, he knows he can play at this level. There was a reason why they took him with the first pick in the second round. Um, I just think sky's the limit for him. But, you know, having Patrick on the other side, and, uh, you know, obviously Buda Baker and, you know, even Chris Banjo played well. You know, he doesn't get a lot of credit, not a household name, because when Jalen Thompson went down. And then what can you say about, you know, Campbell and Hicks? So I think it all starts in the front seven, but um, these guys are going to get more opportunities this year because they, they simplified things on defense and, and they're getting more uh, pressure up front. Certainly a much improved defense from 2019, something head coach Cliff Kingsbury acknowledged after the ball game. Just finding ways to, to make those big stops, whether it was a third down or a fourth down. Um, felt like last year we gave some of those up, and uh, this year they made them today, and we got to continue to build it. And I think that's a unit that will continue to build. The guys are still figuring it out. Drake or Patrick, you know, just got here. Um, you talked about Jordan Phillips. You talked about Devondre. You talked about Isaiah being a young guy. Um, it's, the game will slow down for him. So I think as we go, we're hoping those guys will get a better feel for our defense and what we're trying to accomplish. And, of course, B-Train, we got to acknowledge the – goal line stand as well Devondre Campbell and Devon Kennard combining on the stop of Raheem Mostert good call I have no problem with the 49ers going for it but uh, the defense right there stepping up big time to uh, keep it just a three-point deficit without question and, and that goal line stand is the equivalent of a turnover and anytime that you can give the ball back to your offense and give them opportunities and take it away from the opposing offense, that's going to those those things accumulate over time and and, and they build up and, and those are the the hidden plays and and the hidden moments that that are winning football and, and what give your team a chance to win and and of course uh, having Devon come over as a free agent, you see him paying off already in week one and and you're seeing young guys that are signed already paying off. That that's the thing that gives you so much confidence and knowing that uh, these guys have already proven that if you give them the opportunity to, to, to make plays, they're going to do just that. And, and this was only game one. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see what the rest of the season has in store uh, for these young guys and in this defense and team overall. Now the first highlight we heard from Dave Pash coming into this segment was the block punt. Ezekiel Turner getting in there, Dennis Gardeck with the recovery. It helped set up the Cardinals' first touchdown of 2020. Turner, after the ball game, talked about the play. Yeah, we knew we wanted to pressure this team early. We know what we have on our special teams unit, and we just knew we had to do something to help the team. Just 
brought it, got the look we wanted, and came out with a play to help the team. It was my first block punt of my career, so it was huge. But I'm more happy that it could help the team put the offense in a great position to score a touchdown. So that's, that's what more I was looking at. But, yeah, it was definitely a big play. Hard to say that a play or a turning point during the course of a game comes in the first quarter, MJ, but you could argue that that sequence there, the block punt, the touchdown, certainly tilted momentum, if you will, in the Cardinals' favor. He may have not alluded to it. I mean, we had the one cut there, but that tells me that assistant head coach, special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers was able to see something on film because the very next punt, they didn't bring any pressure. They, they were dropping back for, for a return. So, and right now the Cardinals, I want to say they're fifth in special teams. Obviously, you want to get more production out of Zane Gonzalez, but that's been the case in week one. So, yeah, to me, that's – you got to flip uh, field position sometimes. you got to earn a different uh, – uh, more possessions, and I think they were able to do that. Overall, special teams and the defense, you look at third down conversions, the 49ers just two of 11, just one of four scoring touchdowns inside the red zone. Corey Peters, the veteran on that side of the ball, talking about how the well the defense performed. It felt great, you know, and, and one thing we've talked about is this being a new year, um, us coming out and trying to set an identity for this new team. Um, and I think we, we still have a long ways to go. Um, there were lots of mistakes today, and I think that was to be expected, but um, it's a lot easier to make the corrections after a win. So uh, we'll be hard about the tape and, um, and try to get better for next week. For one game sample size, B-Train, yes, the additions this offseason, the drafting of Isaiah Simmons, Leckie Foto, Rashard Lawrence, all the emphasis that was put in to improve the defensive side of the ball came to fruition on Sunday. Yes, they did. And now it's just a matter of, of, of making sure that they continue to get better, that they continue to uh, do their part because teams are going to see the tape of, of what happened between them and San Francisco, and they're, they're going to they're gonna make adjustments and they're going to do things to, to maybe put them in a not-so-advantageous situation. And we'll see how these young guys prefer, perform uh, through adversity. And, and I, I think uh, the first test was uh, N.A. I give them uh, flying colors uh, in that first, that first test. But uh, it's a long season. There's 15 games left, and, and uh, you, you, have to, you can't get too up when things are good, you can't get too th- too down when things are bad. You just got to be even keel. And I know, particularly uh, the defensive line, I know Coach Buckner's going to do a great job keeping those guys level-headed and and, and making sure that uh, they just go in and, and when their number's called, that they just do their job and do what's asked and not try to do too much and, and put the rest of the defense in harm's way. Got to bring up Buda Baker as well, picking up where he left off last season with a team-best 15 tackles, so certainly getting himself in the mix right away. And it's going to take all 11 guys, and even more than that, MJ, when you look at the defense as a whole, Justin Thompson, uh, or Jalen Thompson, excuse me, the starting safety left this ball game early, and then all of a sudden Chris Banjo steps up played well yeah and he's a veteran guy you know more more has a niche in special teams but you know last year you go back to week 14 and 15 because of the situation with Deontay Thompson and obviously the injury um, they decided let's go with him and he retained they retain him in the offseason so you know ideally you like to have your starter out there because Jalen Thompson's made major strides from being a supplemental pick arriving in camp last year on the first day and uh, they really need him back there, and he's become a really good open field tackler. 
and but you know you got Buda Baker. You can never have enough depth, but some positions uh, you're a little bit thinner than others. Yeah, certainly a good start for the Cardinals defensively, beating a very good 49ers team, and now they'll host Washington coming up this Sunday. 105 is the kickoff from State for State Farm Stadium. 8:30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And speaking. Uh, that Washington football team. We'll get into them. They also had a come-from-behind victory in week one, so a pair of 1-0 teams meeting this week. Hey, make sure you catch up on all Cardinals flight plan episodes. Missed any? Just go to youtube.com slash azcardinals and catch up on all of the great behind-the-scenes access from the Arizona Cardinals. Craig Rayalu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. The Cardinals, the topic, and yes, 1-0. I'd for first place in the NFC West. Can they make it 2-0? We'll discuss next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Second and goal from the three. Logan Thomas comes in motion across the formation right now back to the left. They hand off here to Peyton Barber with time. Dives through. Is he in? Yes! Touchdown! Touchdown, Washington! The slow start, the resilience of this team to fight back, go into this locker room, figure out what you need to do, make your adjustments, get your turnovers, playing defensively, playing offensively. This is what you want to see this team do. 27-17, Washington beats Philadelphia. That call courtesy of the Washington football team radio network as Washington spotted the Eagles 17 points and then Stormback scored the final 27. And all of a sudden, this Washington team with an offense led by Dwayne Haskins and a very, very strong defense, much like the Arizona Cardinals, MJ, 1-0. and The Cardinals might have had the best win of week one. Washington, you can make an argument, the most surprising win of week one. And maybe also Jacksonville. Yeah, you know, according to the Eagles coaches, they came up with a lot of exotic stuff because the Eagles had a patch, uh, patchwork offensive line. They sacked the quarterback eight times in that game. We know they've invested number one picks on the D-line. Cardinals went against a very good D-line last week in the 49ers. Uh, I don't know if they're better, uh, but obviously Ron Rivera is trying to change the culture there. And you can start to see the upside with Dwayne Haskins. I, I watched a couple of highlights. You know, he's able to take a three- to five, seven-step drop, put that foot in the ground, and get rid of that football. And it actually was the throw to Logan Thomas. So they're kind of going running back by committee. But, um, you know, they're a team that's going to, you know, come in here and, and try to steal a win. And can you imagine if they get off to 2-0 start? Yeah, that would certainly be something. B-Train, this is a, another team with a strong defensive front, specifically a front forward. Watching some of the highlights, Washington was able to get pressure with just four, and that certainly absolutely makes things more difficult for an offense. Definitely makes it difficult for an offense. Anytime you can get pressure with just four, it allows you to, to play coverage, and it makes it difficult for quarterbacks to, to find alleys to, to deliver the ball. And so uh, you look at uh, what they were able to do. Chase Young was able to come in and have a really good game, one and a half sacks. And, uh, you know, uh, all guys along that defensive line were able to, to come in and make contributions. So it, it, that's the thing about the NFL. There are, no, there are no homecoming games on your schedule. Everybody can come in and, and can, can beat you if you uh, have a down game. And so, yes, you had a good first game against the San Francisco 49ers, but you have to go out and do it 
each and every week in order to, to reach your goals. And, and the Washington football team is not going to come in uh, feeling any less confident than anybody else. They had a win in week one just like the Cardinals, and they believe they have every right to a win just like the Cardinals do as well. So uh, this is going to be a fight. Uh, I think this team is going to play hard for Coach Rivera, who's, who's battling cancer, and, and definitely want to send thoughts and prayers to him uh, because that's that's something that's bigger than football. But uh, when you have uh, an emotional team that is rallying around their leader, their head coach, uh, those are very dangerous teams. So we got to make sure that uh, we match their level of intensity. And, of course, they've got a young upstart quarterback just like we do. So there are a lot of similarities between these teams, and, and we'll see which team comes in and executes the best because whoever does that is going to come out of here with the win. And offensively, MJ, Washington's not going to wow you. Haskins had only 178 yards passing. Peyton Barber, two touchdowns rushing, but he only finished with 29 yards on the ground. Terry McLaurin, five catches for 61 yards. Certainly not eye-popping. So a lot of it, a lot of the attention is going to be on that Washington defense. Yeah, I mean, they do have some guys that, that catch the ball. I just don't know if they can get into a shootout. Now, you mentioned how the Eagles are up 17 nothing. Uh, Carson Wentz had a couple turnovers. Obviously, they weren't able to uh, contain Haskins, but it's a very winnable game for the Cardinals, and if you want to start off 2-0, this will go a long way. Uh, I'm going to take it one game at a time, but um, I think the Cardinals have to keep that same mindset last week. Yeah, they went against a really good defensive front, um, but again, I would put them up there behind the Niners, so I know they're different teams and they're playing for different stuff, but this is an opportunity to get to – Another win in the win column. Try to get to 2-0 for the first time since 2015. We'll talk about that matchup one week from today. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. For Bertram Berry, Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. 105 kickoff on Sunday, Cardinals and Washington from State Farm Stadium and right here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone. Kirk, he got it. He's in. Touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack. Stripped the ball. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown. Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.